Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and I'd like to welcome you to Pontificating Pastors. Uh, this is a podcast uh, where my friend Michael Pig and I just threw out the idea what would happen if we locked ourselves in a room and just talked about all the things that go on in this world. Two pastors uh, just sharing their thoughts and opinions, and also family life, daily life, and uh, maybe current events as well. So hope you'll enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey, Nate. Hey, what is going on, Michael? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. What's going on with the fam today? Uh, well, we have a track meet for uh, Jonah and a, and a baseball game for Judah. And Maggie is finishing up uh, a week of cheer tryouts. And Shelly's at work. Sounds like a full day. <laughs> Plenty going on. My kids are on spring break, so it's like every night this week is like, can we stay out till this time? So I like... You know you don't sleep good when your kids are out. It's like it's been it's been like okay, wake up at one o'clock, hear the kids come in, and then go back to sleep. So yeah, yeah. But but I did have an interesting thing happen on Tuesday. Um, I went to a funeral. And right. The funeral was great. The guy who did the service was a funeral, the, like the funeral home director, and so. Uh, the the exegesis in his uh, sermon was a little bit, <laughs> uh, for our non-pastoral types, exegesis is just kind of the studying of scripture, the uncovering. Um, so this is what he said. He was talking about John 14, 1, where Jesus, uh, you know, talks about going to prepare a place for you. Um, and he says, in my father's house are many mansions. And so the the guy speaking says, uh, I like this translation, which happens to be the King James translation, right? And right. I like it because I don't want a room like some of the other translations. I want a mansion. <laughs> and, uh, and I was just sitting back there in the back going, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I, I, think, I, think I wonder what the... <laughs> what the okay. thought i wonder what the thought there is i mean i mean the conclusions you could draw from that are many okay. varied but <laughs> i think the thought is that that somehow we take the american just we just postpone it so you know we make it last for eternity yeah yeah so so it's it's like well if I, if I don't have a lot here and maybe I don't have a lot now, um, I, I just hold on and I just, you know, say this prayer um, and get my ticket to heaven. Then, then I, I will have this mansion. And, uh, <laughs> I don't want a room. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't want to share. <laughs> my home. I wonder if that mansion will have big fences and gates. Yeah, yeah, and you have to have the code to visit that person. I don't know. Did you see the the Good Place? Do you ever watch that show? I did not. 
Okay. Well, I won't spoil it. For you, but but it's got it's got a lot of that kind of exploration of you know our understanding of the good place. Anyway, I was I was gonna say I think the one of the things that we do is when we translate that thing. The the thing that's funny is we've kind of proven that the American dream doesn't really satisfy. Uh, that when you get the mansion and you get the the things that you think you wanted, you realize that maybe they weren't all that you had hoped they were going to be. Yeah, so, Peter Peter Rollins spends a lot of time talking about that. He says, oh, yeah. you know, it's a futility um, that re- realizing that what we thought was power and what we thought was control and security and safety. Once we get them, we realize that they're not actually what we thought they were. And it's not actually what we want. We look at our neighbor, we think they have it and we hate them for it. And then um, basically that begins the breakdown of what actually brings happiness, which is the value and depth of relationships. Yeah. Uh, Things always tend to separate us. So, like, I can't imagine, like, a heaven where everybody has a mansion. Like, why would you need all that excess if you're in relationship with each other and you're in relationship with God? I think that's why I like the idea of dwelling places, because I think that even transmits to now that really sure. we can dwell with God now. And, and that's what eternal life really is. It starts now as we dwell with God and then so, so, into eternity. Yeah, living room with couches and chairs and places yeah. to sit and drink coffee and visit. <laughs> you know, I I, I kind of more think of heaven as a, a place where we actually get to finish all of our conversations instead of having to yeah. run off to the next obligation. Yeah, because that I mean, this last week I got to sit down with you and your family at dinner in live and in person, and you know, usually we're separated by yeah. like, at least five or six hours, and. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, we didn't want y'all to have to get on the road. We could have sat there and talked for hours. The restaurant owners <laughs> wouldn't have liked it. And, no. <laughs> and you wouldn't have liked it Sunday morning when you uh, got up to set up all your stuff at Wayfinders. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. but I would have loved it. And you would have loved it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's where uh, we miss out when we start to think about some kind of Basically, what we're doing is we're transcribing our own value systems, our culture's value systems into heaven. And, right. And, and Jesus kind of flips everything upside down. So we shouldn't expect heaven to be uh, similar to what what we envision here. I, I think I think it's awesome that, um, you know, to think about the idea of dwelling with God and in relationship with God. And also that I can see God in you when I speak to you. And, and then so all of us being intertwined in that. And that's so much sure. better of an idea than than uh, I'm just going to get a bunch of crap that, you know, I got a bunch of stuff. We had to move out of our house the other day <laughs> and it's still sitting out of my shop because I'm like, I'm not moving this one more time. It's going to the dump. <laughs> and I just can't imagine that, that's actually hell, you know, the trashy, right? Gehenna. Oh, yeah. Gehenna. So, I don't want to spend eternity sorting my stuff. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I, I actually watched a movie um, that was kind of, I think it was What Dreams May Come. It had Robin Williams in it, but it's kind yeah, of yeah. where if you get everything you want, that can be hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, because then you then you feel the need to maintain everything you have. Yeah. You know, I got everything I want. Well, if I got more, then I feel the need to maintain it. You know, we often ask that question about, you know, multimillionaires, people who, who made it rich, you know, and built a big empire or whatever. Right. Um, and, the, and the question is, you know, why when you got to that point, didn't you just, you know, go on vacation? Well, there's always this need to defend or protect or maintain yeah. what it is that I've accumulated. And so that doesn't sound like heaven at all to me. Yeah. That doesn't sound like rest. That's, that sounds like torture, like you said. So, yeah. yeah, so we just got an acre and a half of land, and you're just making me think that my summer is going to be hell. <laughs> because I have to no, I, it, and got a million leaves to rake. And, yeah. yeah. I was driving past some 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 houses that are on three acre lots the other day, and I thought, man, that looks so cool. Like you could, you know, you what could you do on those those lots? And and then and then I began to think, but how would I accomplish anything but mowing that? <laughs> you know, That's so true. I do. Then I'd have to hopefully the boys will work. Yeah, I'd have to go out and buy me a ZTR, you know, a fancy mower. And then, and then I'd have to, you know, spend some money because it wouldn't do me to just have an acre full of weeds. So I'd have to pay somebody to come out and spray it. And then, you know, automatically I, whatever I was thinking of in terms of heaven, you know, uh, required a multitude of servants yeah. which, to, you know, to, to make heaven it heaven. Because that creates inequality. Right. So then they're, then they're serving me and that just, that would be, that just wouldn't work. So anyway, it's a, I did Michael, I got a borrowed mower. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, actual donation. That's Uh that's how I roll. I don't, I can't do the ZTR and all that stuff. So I got somebody else's old mower. And uh, so we'll, we'll make that one work. Hey, you got time for one more segment? Sure, let's go. Anything you got on your mind you want to just spout some knowledge for us? Oh, I was just, uh, I read an article earlier about um, In-N-Out Burger uh, and, and Whataburger here in Texas. And, uh, and it's kind of this funny thing because In-N-Out Burger came in from California and uh, – it's like Whataburger started putting uh, Whataburger billboards outside of um, In-N-Out burgers because they. Yeah. yeah so they have like a, a little feud going, don't they? Yeah, they do. It's kind of funny. Um, the, uh, this made me think, you know, uh, how, you know, we were talking about heaven earlier. It made me wonder if, if in order for Texans to be happy, there would have to be a, a section of, Heaven reserved for Texans only. <laughs> Something I'm not, I'm not sure. I've been kind of confronted with uh, state pride lately, and uh, I just wonder, you know, uh, how, how. Hello. Are you there? I'm there. I don't know if that's right. Jonah called me right in the middle of our podcast okay. here, so 
I got, I got disrupted from my thought, but um, I, uh, I was thinking, how come we're so eager to be so proud of maybe we have more state pride or local pride, you know, in our, in our, in our town or in our, uh, and with these labels, we get so much pride. And I, I wonder if that sometimes isn't our biggest hindrance to really entering the kingdom of heaven or understanding, you know, uh, what it means to be part of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. I mean, the first beatitude, blessed are the poor. In spirit. I, I wouldn't describe too many Texans as poor in spirit. I, was, <laughs> I grew up as one. Yeah. We went to California and the people there just hated us. When I was in sixth grade, I remember meeting people and it was before the world was as small as it is now with, you know, social media and stuff. And people really thought we like rode horses and owned Cadillacs. And and every place we went, we're just the loudest, most obnoxious group of people in the joint. And uh, (laughs) it's something, there's just something about the brashness of Texan. I mean, I go to Galveston and there is a Texas-shaped waffle in my hotel room uh, with my family, you know. And, of course, I take a oh. picture of it as a native Texan because, <laughs> I mean, everything is bigger in Texas. I did like this shirt. Uh, one of my friends who visited Alaska for a summer and was doing ministry there, um, it said, uh, Alaska, ticking off Texans since whatever year Alaska came into the union. <laughs> Because now Texas is the second largest state. Uh, yeah. So, pretty funny stuff. It is funny, and you know, I, I just, I just thought though, um, you know, and I am a Texan, and I am, I'm proud of the fact that I'm a Texan. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I do sometimes wonder, you know, um, how how that perception comes across to other other groups. Um, I met some folks from New Jersey one time. And they thought that tumbleweeds were literally a prop that Hollywood <laughs> created. They didn't know that was a real thing. And of course, I grew up in West Texas where. Yeah. Jonas, stop calling. So, yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't give people, to stop, people to stop calling me right now. I don't know. Enough. You're just so popular. Um, my, my brother lived in Lubbock. The, the problem with fencing in, in West Texas is he sent me a picture of tumbleweeds stacked to the top of his fence. Yeah. Like, like this snow drift. I mean, yeah. They're real. I, st- I had to stop in the middle of a highway one time for a herd of tumbleweeds to pass. <laughs> I guess the, the fence broke and they all got out at the same time. But uh, yeah. And, and so, I, you know, there's these very iconic things about about where we live and, and everybody has them. It's not just Texans. I'm sure, you know, everybody, wherever you're from, you have these iconic uh, things about where you live that, uh, that either become a very positive thing in your life or a negative thing in your life. And they, and they tie you to your geography and they become part of the culture that shapes you. And uh, sometimes I think that, that, you know, learning how to embrace other people's experience, you know, uh, if, if heaven is about conversations and deeper relationships, then it's about knowing other people's story. And if that's, if that's really what heaven is about, then that begins now. And, and sometimes I think our biggest hurdle for that is, is our pride in our own story uh, and our inability to hear someone else's story. 
because yeah, that's why we always talk over each other like I just did. That was yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just but, but it's that kind of are you are you waiting to talk or are you really listening? And and really listening is very difficult, but it seems like that's what people want. It was uh, I read a book um, n- not too long ago that. Uh, where the first chapter was basically, I think the name of the book was uh, Slow to Speak, Quick to Listen. And the first chapter was about how this uh, guy picked up this uh, uh, hitchhiker and uh, and the hitchhiker had decided before he got in the car that he was just going to, you know, tell basic information and spend the rest of the time listening. And he had to go a long way. And the man was just going a short way. And because the hitchhiker listened, uh, the man kept talking and so he kept driving and the, and he said, well, you know, this is as far as I was going to go, but man, I've just enjoyed the conversation so much. Let's just go a little further. And he did that like three or four times until he got him like to his destination. And the hitchhiker said, thank you for bringing me all the way. He said, man, this has been the best conversation I've ever had. And the, the, all the hitchhiker did was listen the entire time. Uh, yeah, people want to be heard. They want to talk. Um, yeah. Well, I wonder if that wouldn't be a great posture for the church to say, uh, "We're we're done talking all the time. We just want to listen." Yeah, well, I think Donald Miller had that success when you know in a confession booth. Yeah. yeah. Or either one time, um, whatever whatever issue you may take with that story, um, there's there's a lot of power in just. Uh, sitting and listening. For those who don't know the story, Donald Miller set up a confession booth, and instead of people coming in and confessing their sins, Donald Miller began to confess some of the atrocities or the ways that the church had hurt people. It was a really, really powerful deal for those who obviously entered. I just wanted to throw that out there because I know sometimes people might not know that reference so man i think i think we got some good stuff today and uh i any any final thoughts before we head on out we're still trying to learn the software we're using for some reason it keeps cutting us off so (laughs) that the editing process works pretty well Uh, yeah maybe looking for a different platform but uh, it's good to talk to you brother and i hope uh always yeah you guys have a great week there in wayfinders Michael's at Wayfinders down in uh, San Marcos, and I'm up here in Midwest City, Oklahoma, and uh, we're just trying out this thing to see what happens when you put a couple of pastors in a virtual room and uh, let them go to town. So I hope you have a great day. Love you, brother. We'll see you later. All right. Love you. Take care. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Pontificating Pastors. We're going to try to drop an episode about once a week, but don't hold us to that. Also, have no idea what we'll talk about next week because these are literally off the cuff. Have a great week.